Yep. All right, and we're back here, and we thank you for listening once again. Uh, Welcome to the Live Peaceably podcast, where we will be discussing uh, not just things concerning the Lord and our friends and family and relationships, uh, but we're going to be talking about life in general and try to engage it in all of its facets. So uh, my name is Lionel. I'm the minister of the Northside Church of Christ, and I'm here with my co-host, Camille Lewis. Hey, y'all. Please, please, please. My name is Camille Lewis, as previously stated. <laughs> Do you want me to give my the whole thing? Okay. My name is Camille, uh, licensed therapist, um, mental health professional, lifelong Christian. Uh, happy to be here. <laughs> so basically, if you haven't gotten the tune by now, she's the qualified one, and I just shout about <laughs> Jesus. That's <laughs> the dynamic that we're working with here. So Allegedly. Everything that I say wrong then you're going to just have to ask her because I can't explain myself. You're just going to have to consult her about the matter. Yeah. So mm. Um, <laughs> mm, we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this. I refuse this. to stop talking down to, down to myself. Well, you know, and I refuse to stop lifting you up. So we are both very much qualified to talk about this. This whole thing was your brainchild. So good job. Fine. You're going to take it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm I'm very glad because after uh, a few conversations, not just um, within the podcast, but outside of the podcast, I feel like we've been able to really grab the direction that we're trying to go in terms of how valuable peace is and how to communicate the value of that peace. And so as we discuss more ideas and just different subjects in the future, um, we want to gather ideas from you all as well. And so we're going to open the platform to each of you as we continue to, you know, give information. We want to get information so that we can have um, what's more than just, you know, uh, a one-on-one, but we want to have dialogue that includes everybody's ideas and their thoughts and their perspectives as well. So um, mm-hmm. as we go forward today, I know last week, I believe we had a a very, 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 very uh, fruitful conversation about mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. Um, because expectations rule so much of our lives and our perspective that if we don't take hold of our expectations, then we're always going to fall and be disappointed on some level because, you know, you're, you're bound to be disappointed in, in, in even when you don't set up your expectations. Um, some people will try to avoid making expectations or having expectations so they're never disappointed. But even if you don't have expectations, disappointment will find you because we all have it on some level. So mm-hmm. um, this week, uh, last week, actually, uh, I know we closed or we concluded um, talking about the expectations that we have in relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the launching point to this week's conversation. But before we do that, Um, We're going to go ahead and open in a word of prayer. So if you guys don't mind uh, bowing your head, bowing your hearts as we together engage God in a word of prayer. Let's together pray. Our Lord and our God, we're thankful again that you blessed us with opportunity to have discussion, to have dialogue, to have conversation around your word, your will, your way. And Father, we're asking that you bless us, that as we discuss that our hearts and our minds are open to the things uh, that you have to say to your perspective and to your word. And we're asking that you continuously watch over and keep us in everything that we do. Uh, Be with us that we be light in the world that we live in. Father, allow us to radiate the peace that you have called us to. Uh, Bless us in many ways in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I think as appropriate, uh, I want to start off by asking uh, uh, Camille, when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. uh, especially as it pertains to peace, um, where do you see the two intersecting? Like where, what role does peace play in the relationships that you you look after and what relationships do you prioritize when it comes mm-hmm. to trying to establish peace in your life, if that makes sense. Hmm. And they're two different questions, but they, they, yeah. they are. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to see if, if it's, if it's answerable in the way that, that you asked it. I, I think that it is important to seek peace within your relationships. Um, and that might vary. Like what that looks like might vary by person or, or by by the the relationship like what's what's the context and what are the dynamics that we have here but i do think that it's important for each person to um have have an understanding um or maybe a a definition of what a peaceful relationship means for them um 
Does that mean that we don't have many disagreements or does that mean that we're able to disagree uh, in an empathetic and, and respectful and peaceful way? Um, does that mean that we um, are not, you know, loud and boisterous or does that mean that we, you know, are, are always supportive and that we're allowed to be loud and boisterous within the context of this relationship because it's a safe one for us? Um, so I think it's a, a multifaceted and, and, and very tiered um, conversation and, and, and question. So I don't think I answered it, but I don't know if I, I don't know if it's answerable in, in the way that you asked. These are the things that are coming up for me when we talk about like peace and relationships. Yeah, I'm putting the burden of explaining my question on you. <laughs> <laughs> because right now I'm working in a very abstract space. Uh, because when it comes to trying to figure out the relationship between peace and relationships, I feel like there are so many entry points and mm-hmm. there's so many different types of relationships, especially when we talk about including our spiritual relationship, mm-hmm. just our, our, our overall faith um, and how peace plays a role in all of that. Uh, trying to figure out that area of our lives, even for me, and trying to explain it is indicative of how difficult it's been for me to mm-hmm. understand what I'm even looking for when it comes to peace in my life and peace in my relationships. Because now that I'm kind of trying to explain it, um, I'm wondering to myself, like, am I am I looking for peace within my relationships or am I looking for relationships because I need peace? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, am I a disconnected person and I need the relationship because I feel like it'll give me something that I don't have? Mm-hmm. Or am I leaning on relationships that are already there, relationships that are forming for other reasons, and then engaging those relationships and trying to establish peace within them? So mm-hmm. I think maybe from two different vantage points, two different angles, uh, I may be you know, clarifying my own question. Mm-hmm. But um, I think maybe if we could start with the first one, uh, because I feel like it's uh, it's the most honest to us as individuals, and that is, um, do we engage relationships because we're looking for peace uh, on some level? You know, my initial response is no. I don't think so. Um, it, it it kind of sounds like the question beneath the question is what what role do these relationships play? You know, what purpose do these relationships serve in your life? Um, and I, I think that when we, just as humans and as people, when, when we are intentionally seeking relationships, um, I don't think it's because we feel like we don't have enough peace in our lives. Because when you're inviting another person into your life, that's always going to be a difficult thing. So that's always going to take work and effort. And I don't know if we associate peace with things that take work and effort. I think that we seek relationships for a lot of other reasons, um, for companionship and and partnership and um, company um, and community. I think there are a lot of of good reasons. Um, And and maybe sometimes we seek relationships um, because we are looking for them to kind of fill a specific role or an absence that we have in our life or so, I mean, honestly, I, I think that if you are seeking relationships because you're seeking peace, I would maybe advise against that. Because as we have been talking about peace and what that means and, and looks like, it's a very internal and personal thing. Um, and the only relationship that we should be seeking because we need peace is one with God, not one with humans. So I think that we have to start with that first. And I know that last time we we, we were talking about expectations in in relationships um and now we're talking about you know peace in relationships and i really think that we have to look at our relationship with god as the the prototype for the type of relationships that we're wanting to emulate with with other people i think that should really be the gold standard so then that goes back to well what does a peaceful relationship with god look like i'm gonna pause because i feel like i'm just going i'm going and going and going what are your thoughts (laughs) no 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 you're 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 clarifying and answering at the same time. So no, um, yeah, I appreciate that because, uh, even like, I, I agree, I agree that, you know, we, it's, it's, it's improper. I'll say that to, to pursue a relationship because you need peace. Right. Um, 
I, I think that you know that 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 very quickly leads to abuse in a relationship, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily forced physical abuse, but you know you just abuse the terms of your agreement and your mm-hmm. connection and commitment to somebody because you're seeing that you're using them for a particular purpose. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see it or I've seen it, and you know even in in all of its in 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 all of its uh, toxicity, the all of it that it can bring, um, peace has been something that has played a role in a lot of relationships that I've had, not the foundation of them, but um, sometimes you naturally gravitate towards people because you, and you know, for a lot of reasons that you don't even, aren't even able to acknowledge in the moment, but because you maybe within yourself have broken pieces and hangups mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe just you have an internal chaotic existence. Mm-hmm. And so you then see somebody else who seems to always be together or Mm -hmm. seems to always have answers or is moving through life in a way that you wish you moved through life. And so then you pursue them Mm -hmm. for that reason, Mm -hmm. because you want a part of whatever it is they're doing or they have. And so in that regard, I believe it still leads to its, you know, potentially harmful destination. Um, But it, 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 it comes, it comes most frequently I've seen to people who, just struggle with trying to find that calm within themselves. They start seeking people out who have that calm and, mm-hmm. you know, eventually they mess up the people who have the calm, <laughs> but, um, but, but it does play a role. And it, even though it is unhealthy, I see it as, you know, something that a role uh, something as, as, you know, you, this is, this is really, really nuanced here because, um, as as you're talking, you know, I think that you know sometimes we do we see things and characteristics and qualities in, in other people that we admire, and so we want to surround ourselves with people who have these qualities that we admire. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But it's to your earlier point about if we are expecting somebody else to fulfill a specific role in our lives or to fulfill a specific purpose or to give us something, then that's when we're getting into an un- unhealthy territory because then your expectation of that person is to give you the thing, right? The thing that you don't have. It's different if you're saying, you know what, this person, I'm, I'm really attracted to this quality in this person or the p- people who have this quality. I, I, I enjoy spending time around to let me surround myself with them so I can kind of, you know, maybe maybe soak up some of these things or, you know, yeah. um, so that, yeah. you know, I can have this, you know, the, the, the positive energy or the whatever it is in my life. And that, you know, will kind of help me as I'm on my own personal journey. But if the approach is, uh, I just, I, I don't have any peace in my life. Oh, there's a peaceful person. They'll be able to give that to me. Then that I think is different. And that's placing an expectation and a responsibility on someone that they never asked for, that they never advertised. Um, and so now in the context of your relationship, you're going to be expecting them to uphold you, you're setting standards for them that they're not even aware of. And that's a setup because now if they ever are not, you know, quote unquote, peaceful with you, or if they ever are not operating in that one box that you decided they belong in, then now you're upset at them and now you're blaming them. And now we've got resentment and bitterness and all these other things because you are expecting them to fulfill this role in your life that they never asked for. And you probably never even communicated. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to jump right over the go. I'm not going to collect $200. I'm going to go straight to jail. And I'm going to say it because being a male, we look at relationships and approach them differently. Hey. And I'm just talking about romantic relationships. Hey. Um, it's the foundation of a lot of the issues that I think not just women, but uh, guys have relationships with one another. And that is we expect relationships to be productive and beneficial. And we look for missing pieces. And mm-hmm. we then expect somebody to just fill with a particular role without allowing them to be the entirety of who they are right and that's harmful in every level of relationship it's just pragmatism it's practical for us just like if you're building a house you hire a builder you aren't hiring their family you aren't hiring their emotions mm-hmm. i'm hiring you to put for a this nail one thing in a wall yeah. for a, with a hammer and do that job mm-hmm. and that's the terms of our relationship and agreement and the same thing happens to our personal relationships and so i'm just thinking of it because i was like i don't want to say this right now because it's kind of early to talk about you know male female relationships and stuff like that we're but here now about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and 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 eventually we're gonna uh we're gonna rewind and then uh speak spiritually and talk all the way through it but when it comes down to just the practical aspect of it to just kind of how we live and just my personal experience it's just been a 
a whole thing of that's kind of how a lot of a lot of people have been taught to have relationships you know mm-hmm. is if 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 what you're doing if what you're saying if what you're being doesn't serve me then i don't want you mm-hmm. but there may be a part of you that does serve me or help me peace being one of mm-hmm. those things depending on of course how i define it and then that peace becomes the part of you that i value but i'm not fully willing to take the entirety or the rest of you mm-hmm. because what i find valuable about you is really all i want or all i need mm-hmm. and so that has its pros and it has its its it's definite cons but trying to navigate relationships from that vantage point is really harmful because there's so much nuance in relationships that you now have to try to figure out are the relationships that i have even healthy are they serving me am i serving them what is the relationship for in the first place and that's why i think we may find our bridge right now and and if if you are approaching relationships that way, if you are approaching a relationship because you want it to bring your to bring you peace, it's going to bring you the exact opposite and it's going to be filled with chaos. So Jesus. what we're actually if, if what we're actually looking for, you know, if you're only expecting that person to do that thing and fill that role, like what we're talking about is that you're going to end up in a much less than peaceful situation and, and circumstance. Um, so I think. It's exactly what you're saying. What what's 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 the relationship for? What's what's the purpose of it? Um, and this is a conversation that I've had with with people in a lot of different contexts, right? Which is like what it, exactly what we're talking about? What why are you seeking out this relationship? What is this relationship doing? for you and I'm remembering our conversation last time when we talked about how sometimes we use God as a resource and we expect him to just you know do the things that we want him to do and otherwise then there's not really any any purpose so again like what's our relationship with God looking like what is our relationship with people looking like because the the constant the only constant between our relationship with God and our relationship with others is us is self so if you have turmoil in these relationships, or if you don't have peace in multiple relationships, we probably need to start looking a little bit inward rather than looking for somebody else to bring you the peace that this other person could not bring you. And we blame them for not being able to give us what we were looking for and to give us what we wanted. But if that's the pattern and you're the only constant, then I hate to break it to you. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. Like that's, 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 that's it that finding out that the relationships that you have or the uh the connections the commitment that you have even to god like what exactly are we expecting to happen mm-hmm. when we try to put other people or god in a box and limit their involvement with our lives if that makes sense Mm because when it comes to god being a resource or when it comes to us treating god as if you know we expect him to do a certain thing and that's that um what i'm thinking of is the entity of relationships and by entity i mean the oneness of of a relationship um when two people or two beings come into the same space and they establish what we know as a relationship. Mm -hmm. Now it's not just a matter of there being two individuals, but what is the entity that these two people are forming? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, So like when I think about me being around my, um, being around my wife versus me being around my childhood best friend, it's like the entity of, of Lionel and Kristen is not the same entity Mm -hmm as Lionel and Nick, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like those relationships are bringing new things, but we have to engage these relationships as just that relationships that form an entity, Mm -hmm. not just as other people and things or beings that you're using to bolster who you are. Yes. If that makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, in, in my, in my work with couples, cause I, I do some couples therapy and I, and I talk to them about how the relationship is really what we're here to treat. We're not here to treat individual people but we're here to make sure that we are taking care of this relationship so think about the relationship as you know kind of this this fragile thing that needs to be protected and needs to be taken care of um and if it's not healthy then where do we need to make adjustments right so that it the relationship the entity can remain healthy and continue to serve us both so if your approach is still it's me Um, and it's you and what am I doing versus what are you doing, then we get into a pattern of blame um, and we get into, you know, a pattern of like, uh, of assigning different roles to the other person. And we're not, 
And so then the this person that you're in this relationship with, the relationship that we claim to care so much about, this person kind of becomes your enemy within the context of this relationship. So I think it definitely goes to expectations, but it also goes to perspective right. and how are we approaching this this thing? Are we looking at it as this is another individual or are we looking at it as this is um, my teammate, my partner, my, you know, yeah. you know, collaborator. I think I like that word. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. this or within this relationship. And if we have that approach, then we understand there's a shared responsibility and that we are both equally responsible for the health and stability of this relationship. But if you enter into it, expecting somebody else to play a specific role in your life, then you aren't thinking about the relationship. You're still, you're thinking yeah. more about self. And that's a mindset that is not really conducive to long lasting, healthy, mutually beneficial relationships. And yeah, and so I think you segued us perfectly into talking about the spiritual dimension of it. Um, because I can see like last week when we talked about God being a resource and how harmful that is to any healthy relationship with God, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just being a resource, um, when it comes to understanding or expectations within that relationship, viewing God, and I know we've talked about it, it's been in vogue for the last maybe 20 years, especially in Christian circles, and that's having a relationship with God mm -hmm. um, in contrast to the religion of of of, of faith mm -hmm. um because most of our our friends our family most of us we grew up with that with with that perspective and that our relationship with god is defined by and controlled by our obedience and our religion mm -hmm. um those two things are pretty much what control the terms of agreement and mm -hmm. so now that we're actually having more conversations around the world and across different faiths about how to have a relationship with God, I think we've walked in the territory that we weren't even fully ready to embrace because a mm -hmm. relationship is often something that we aren't good at having with one another. And so we can right. only imagine the difficulties of having it with a divine being that doesn't mm -hmm. speak to you the way you always want that divine being to speak to you. Like we talk mm -hmm. to God and we speak to God out of our own voice, but often for us, um, we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, trying to figure out how can God speak to us through the Bible because mm -hmm. we're using somebody else's interpretation of the Bible we're trying to figure out what the Bible even means what it says mm -hmm. and we're over here trying to have a personal intimate relationship with God and so trying to figure out what the relationship with God looks like we have to ask ourselves like is there some sort of correlation between um, how we view God our relationship with God and how we view relationship with others um, because mm -hmm. you know some of us treat God in a way that aligns with how we treat the rest of the world. And mm -hmm. in reality, what we're essentially trying to do is treat the rest of the world the way we are supposed to treat or relate to yes. God in some senses, you know, or mm -hmm. our relationships mm -hmm. should derive from, there we go, our ideas of relationships, our, our understanding of relationships should derive from God and not derive from the, the common relationships that we have on a day-to-day -day basis, if that makes sense. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and the word that is coming to mind for me is responsibility. And when we talk about relationships with God and why that's a concept that is sometimes hard for us, even in the church to grasp, I think when we think about God and our relationship with him, it's kind of one-sided. Like I, I, I think that as Christians, everybody has to come to a certain understanding of what our responsibility is within the context of our relationship with God, meaning right. that there's more than just... It's not just I show up and ask God for what I need. I pray and that's how I talk to him and that's that's how I maintain a relationship with him and then it's up to him, you know, to kind of do the rest of it. I think that has been our approach historically. But yeah. the more we understand and the more we grow in relationships with with God and with others, we we have to understand that there is much more responsibility on our part and it is mutual and collaborative and it's not just one person showing up and making the other person happy, but it's both people being attuned or both parties being attuned to the needs of others. And God has wants and needs just like we do. But the thing is that if we, when we, do, when we don't meet, uh, you know, what, what he is looking for from us, he's not going to leave us. And we always have an opportunity to come back and restore the relationship. And maybe that's where it differs a little bit with, with people, um, 
we don't always give the same grace mm-hmm. that that God so willingly gives us. And so when we talk about modeling human relationships after spiritual relationship, that has to be there. And that I think is right. going to heavily influence the approach that we have. Because if we are approaching it with with grace and if we're approaching it with peace, then that's automatically going to have a different result than if we're approaching it looking for something. If we're approaching this relationship expecting something and looking for someone to fulfill a certain role in our lives. And and so this, you know, and we've kind of talked about attachment a little bit before, but I, I think it's it's also... Um, in the same conversation about viewing God as an attachment figure. And what I mean yeah. by that is we base all all of our relationships are based on another one and they're based on our earliest one. So when we think about how we enter into relationships with people, we're always going to look at our relationship with our parents, whether we want to or not, whether we realize it or not, our relationships are modeled after what we have seen with our parents. And so right. similarly, right. our relationships should be modeled from what we've seen from God, from what we see in the context of our relationship with God. But again, that also comes back to well, how how am I showing up in my relationship with God, and and is that having um, an impact on how fruitful it is, or on on how on how beneficial, or how strong, and 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 how how yeah. secure that relationship is. So we 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 look at that relationship with God to kind of help set the standard, um, but it also kind of calls us to task about where is your responsibility here as well. It can't all be on the other person, just like it can't all be on God. So we have to we have to hold ourselves accountable as well for the role that we're playing. And uh, you said something just now that connected with something you said a little while ago, and that is, uh, well, number one, a little while ago, you mentioned that two people in a relationship are there to serve the relationship. Yes. Um, And so when it comes to our relationship with God and God having needs and wants as well and God's expectations of us, um, when it comes to that, when it comes to our relationship, with God, I often don't think that our perspective is the fact that we have something to contribute to God as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just and, you know, basically when it to simply put it, when it comes to our relationship with God, basically we, we limit it down to obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we boil it down. I'll say that to. Um, he said it, I do it. That's the terms of relationship. But mm-hmm. we often in that in that um, in in that connection don't acknowledge that when when God gives instruction, it's not just for us to do. It's also for us to know and to think and experience and to change. And so it's like we're looking for the internal heart turn towards God that God is essentially looking for from us. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just that God wants us to do or that, you know, we're just calling down to God to, you know, change this. Or I'm saying it, it shouldn't be that we're just calling down to God to change this, to do this, mm-hmm. to give this. It should be that all the while our hearts are being turned towards him mm-hmm. so that the love that he gives to us can be reciprocated and given back to him. And mm-hmm. so God giving, getting love from us is a major part of the equation, just as mm-hmm. it is in our human relationships, because yes. God knows that when we're doing things out of fear versus doing things out of love when Mm -hmm. we worship out of fear it's not the same as when we worship out of love care and compassion but i find it ironic because a god who doesn't need anything in material doesn't need anything to exist when god sets the standard for the relationship it's 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 literally at its foundation for the benefit of the relationship yeah because he approaches us with exactly what we're trying to understand is that look i don't need anything from you Mm -hmm. you know i as far as my survival goes as a being God's Mm -hmm. like, I don't need anything from you, but if this relationship is going to survive, then this is what I need from you. And so looking at it from that angle really helps to figure out what role we even play in -hmm. this relationship with God. And I believe it'll help us with our relationships with other people from that point as well. Because now it's just like, we know that if we break up with God, God is not going to (laughs) struggle. God is, God is going to thrive. God is going to be God without us. God is going to be everything that he is, that he is and that he's always been. But this isn't about God being God. This is about the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I we have no doubts about God being God, but the relationship, mm-hmm. that's the part that we're still trying to figure out because now it's just like, well, God's all good and God's all powerful and God has everything. And so now it's just my job to sit here and, 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 and be fed, you know, right. by by whatever God is giving. And while that is a major component to the relationship, we don't often ask ourselves, like, how much 
am I reciprocating the love I've been given? Yeah. You, you, know? you know what, what helped, what helped me, um, to kind of understand this, this point, um, as we're talking about our relationship with God, um, is to, uh, sometimes to assign human emotion, right? Um, God is always going to be God, but when our relationship with him is severed, he's sad about it and he's heartbroken and he yeah. doesn't want that. And when our relationship with God is severed, it's always our fault. It ain't never his fault. So I really had to think about like, God is sad. He's sitting there missing me, waiting for me to come to him, Man. wanting me to come to him. He's going to be, he's going to be okay and continue to be God either way, but he would rather I am that, that I be close to him while he's, you know, continuing to move in and operate in my life. So really thinking about it in the terms of, no, God gets sad. Just like he laughs and has a sense of humor. He, he, he gets sad and misses his children when we're far from him. But he's never going to force us to be close. And that same same thing with relationships. I don't need, you know, this this person or this relationship, but I, I want it and I love it so much. But when it's when it's fractured and when it's not doing well, when it's not healthy, then I'm hurting because this relationship that I care so much about is is fractured for whatever reason. So then that's when the the the, the conversation about responsibility comes into play, right? Am I upholding my responsibilities to make sure that this relationship can maintain? Are are each is each party doing that? And so for God, I can only imagine he's always upholding his part of the bargain. He's always doing what he needs to do for the relationship to be straight. But but we're not. And so I, I have to think about it in Thinking about it in those terms has has really helped me to um, lean into a more intimate relationship with God, aside from what can he do for me and am I being obedient or not? But just am I close to him now? Am I or, or am I far from him or am I am I things are going well? Am I still close to him? Or have I have I gotten a little bit further apart because I don't need him in the same way that I needed him a couple of months ago when my life was in shambles? And how much how must that feel for God for me to be clinging so close to him when my life is in shambles and then for me to let go of him when things are going well? How how abandoned must God feel when I do that to him and to our relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as as you say that, um, it's like when it comes to us. Um, even especially believers trying to understand our relationship with God and our responsibility towards our relationship with God, it really is transformative for us to genuinely accept the fact that God cares. Yes. It's like, yes. It's like, oh, well, you know, we say it as a cliche. It's like, of course God cares about you. So he takes care of you. No, no, no. God cares, mm-hmm. you know, and we limit that phrase. God cares to, he cares for me or he takes mm-hmm. care of me. But no, like, God wants to have is when you f- have an intimate relationship with somebody about somebody that you care about and that cares about you, it changes the way you function in the relationship. Absolutely. And the same thing applies to God in, in every, just like I, I see it most clearly in small kids, um, especially mm. parents that have multiple kids, they see it. And you know, when you have one kid and you're trying to punish one kid versus punishing the other kid and you can't punish the two kids the same because their cares are different. You have mm-hmm. one kid that don't care nothing about your feelings. You just gotta mm-hmm. punish them. Like you gotta, you gotta treat them like an inmate. Like you gotta send them to oh, jail. No. Like you get, you get no this. You get no that. You don't get any rewards. You don't get uh-huh. any treats. This is your punishment. They will be angry about it, but you gotta pretty mm-hmm. much treat them like you locking them up because <laughs> their terms of relationship are: I'm just here so I can get what I want. Because mm. ultimately, that's what I'm looking for is what I want. I want to do what I want to do. And we don't blame them. Of course, they're kids. We mm-hmm. don't expect them to have the emotional nuance to really mm-hmm. be concerned about what the punishment is. But then you have other kids. And it's just like, you don't have to do anything. You say, you know what? You hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And that just tears them apart. Right. And they're just like broken down because mm-hmm. like they don't, it's not about the things. They care that they hurt you hurt. They hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, it's just like we often treat God as if he has no feelings. Yeah. He has no emotions. Yes. He has no cares. It's just like, OK, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. Just, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to take this away from me. OK, take it away. When am I going to get it back? You know, mm-hmm. just give me this because I'm asking for this. When I'm essentially, transactional. Exactly. Exact transactional. Exactly. Is that it's only and that those are the terms of the relationship. And really, we go mm-hmm. so far with it to see that transactional relationship in 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 
um, equating to um, our ultimate desire, which is eternal life, which is heaven, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. for, for believers. And it's just like that's it's still transactional just because yeah. you've been going to church, just because you've been reading your Bible in order to get to heaven doesn't mean that you don't have a transactional relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And a transactional relationship doesn't leave room for you to understand that somebody cares about you. And when mm -hmm. it comes to that relationship with God, when you understand that God cares, it changes the way, especially if you genuinely love God. Yes, yes. It changes the way you relate to him and it changes the level of obedience that you have eventually when you get to that point. It changes mm -hmm. the way you pray. It changes the way you engage because now the relationship isn't based off of transaction. It's based off of right. God really cares about me and I'm out here acting like this when he's done nothing but right to me. It's like that creates right. now. It's like now it's not like, oh, no, I might get punished for it. Now it's like, oh, no, like yeah, I that, hurt that, somebody that changes. who cares about me. That changes the purpose of the relationship. That changes why you do certain things within the relationship, right? I'm not praying and going to church so that God can give me these things. I'm praying and going to church because God loves me and I know this is going to make him happy. I know it's going to bring us closer together and I know that it's going to, you know, help me to have a, a better relationship with him and a better understanding. And, and so to just yeah. to, to bring it back to, you know, kind of the original thing that we were talking about, about peace in relationships, I think a peaceful relationship is not at all one that is transactional. So yeah. as we're kind of, ooh, ooh, <laughs> as we're kind of taking inventory of our personal relationships, we got to do a lot of honest reflection about, about what we're looking for and about the, the, the purpose that we're, that we are expecting these relationships to fulfill. And are they transactional? How are we showing up to our relationship? So if we're looking for a peaceful one, number one, what does that mean to you, right? And if we're, if we're thinking about what does a peaceful relationship with God mean, I think maybe it means that it's one that, that is rooted in love and that's really what's driving what we're doing. Because if we're always trying to get back to that loving place, if we're always trying to make sure that our relationship uh, and then and the 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 foundation of of love is is has not been shaken then i think that is what we need to be looking for in peaceful relationships because we're going to have conflict yeah. we're going to have disagreements we're not always going to make one another happy but if the relationship is built on a loving foundation then each party is always going to be willing to come back and do the work that it takes to maintain, to rebuild, to restore. I think that if, if your relationship is based on the, on the right foundation or built on the right foundation, then um, you have more buy-in from, from both parties. And I think that the more buy-in and the more willing each person is to kind of protect this relationship, then, then it's a peaceful one because you're, you're not doubting uh, the mm. motives or intention, but when you when you when you're doubting motives, when you're doubting intention, when you are having a transactional relationship, I don't think that's a peaceful relationship. At least not in my personal definition. You're right. You are absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think that's well. Actually, I don't. I don't. I don't want to think today. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna ask uh, okay. because in in light of that, um, what's your perspective on? taking steps to become less of a transactional person hmm. um, because truthfully i mean we we even in the healthiest of healthiest of relationships we still have transactional tendencies you know mm -hmm. we, we none of us are immune to it but sure, you know sure. what, how, how do we navigate especially when it comes to god because um even in ministry and doing ministry and working with people um, a lot of the people at, at, at our congregation are just in that place where they're transitioning from a loving relationship or to a loving relationship from a transactional relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, and when I think about it, I think about like having a best friend, having a best friend and um, they invite you to their birthday party. Mm -hmm. It's just like you have you have people that have different types of responses. One person is like. Uh, let me go ahead and show up. If I don't show up, they're going to be mad at me. So mm -hmm. I'll go. And then you have another person that's just like, oh, you're having a birthday party. They're planning it. They're there early to set up. They're going to be mm -hmm. there late to take down because they see themselves as a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And so as far as transitioning from doing transactional things to being a um, uh, 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 a love-driven individual, I'll say, um, how how do we even make steps? And I know, of course, it has to begin with awareness. Yeah. But at the same time it's just like because I, you know for so many people there's just um there's it, it and if we're being honest it is beneficial there there are transactional benefits and i don't just mean like one thing in exchange for another i mean sometimes you just need to do things for the sake of somebody yeah. else, even if you don't see the value yeah. in it so i mean how do yeah. you 
Well, I think I, you, you bring up a good point, which is like, let's differentiate between a transactional relationship in general versus like transactions within a relationship. Ah, there we go. I like that. Right. Because like that. if you're in a relationship with someone like, of course, I want to help you and I want to, you know, do things for you that are going to make you happy and that are, you know, because, because I care about you as a person, not, but not because I'm expecting something from you in return. And maybe that's one of the, the, the characteristics to really kind of differentiate the two. Are you doing something for someone because you're expecting something in return are you keeping track of all the things that you've done for this person and now you have a list of who's done more for one another um are you holding it over their heads and saying well i uh walked the dog when because you were were too tired yesterday and so why can't you do the dishes for me today like hold on now is that why you walked the dog so that now i could owe you a favor like that's <laughs> that's not you know you know right. so i i yeah. think that it's it really comes down to asking yourself why you're doing certain things um and really being honest with yourself with whatever that answer might be and and one of the ways to do that is to really slow down um in in, in our actions right like before you do something or before you respond to someone or if you're feeling yourself having an emotional reaction or response um take a second take a beat and do a little bit of, of investigative work why am i responding this way why am I, you know, getting ready to, to do this thing? Um, am I going to the birthday party because I really want to and because I care? Or is it because I know that if I don't go to their birthday party, they're not going to come to mine? So yeah, really yeah. taking the time to understand your own actions um, and the, the purpose, the motivation behind those own actions. But I, I think I think some of us, you know, transactional relationships are, are the ones that we're the most familiar with um, because that's what we've seen. That's what what we've been taught that's that's what we've known you know even as as children and um and so we have to sometimes do a little bit of unlearning there um and work towards seeing value in the person as just the person rather than what can this person bring to my life what can this person do for me you have to be able to see the person and appreciate the person and value the person because if this person is willing to put in as much effort as you are to maintain this this entity that y'all both share then what they can do for mm. you is is not at all as important about it's it's not as important as um how how you view them or 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 if you love them or you know like are you are you willing to to work with this person are you willing to have the hard conversations with this person, right? Like if, if they didn't, yeah. if, if they didn't do another thing for you, right? Are you still willing to, to work through things with them? I think those are some of the questions we have to start asking ourselves. Ooh, we just walked into the therapy couch because as you sure talking, did. I'm thinking <laughs> like, uh, like that damage, uh, people that have damage often look for transactional mm-hmm. relationships because they are afraid that they won't be loved as they are Um, yeah because they're afraid that maybe in their own capacity to love other people as they are because Mm -hmm. transactional relationships bind people by obligation um Mm -hmm. even when it comes to marriage the you know one as still as we know one of if not the most uh the strongest human relationship institutions that we have um, people look for marriage, not just the relationship of marriage, but the institution of marriage so that they can have somebody by obligation. And so yeah. when it comes to friendships, we a lot of people are like that. And even when you're surveying your own friend circle, it may not be hard for you to find the people in your life that are there in a transactional sense versus the people that are there because they love you. Even though sometimes it may be hard to find the difference between the two, um, being seeing people that are transactional, it, it really may be indicative of the fact that they are afraid of their own uh, their their own lovability, if you will. It's like they Absolutely. may have been deprived of love. They may be, mm-hmm. you know, drained because they've lost love or because, you know, no, they've ne- they felt that nobody ever loved them. And so now mm-hmm. all the relationship is just like, yo, I know love isn't a real thing for me. So I'm just here because you have something that I could benefit from you and I may have something that you could benefit from. And those become the terms of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll do you one better. People pleasers thrive in transactional relationships because I know that I can, that if you ask me to do something, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. <laughs> you just made me right? spit out my drink a little bit. <laughs> almost, almost made me spit out my drink. You can, 
You can't drop that heavy on just the first My bad, my bad. Look, you, you said we was in the therapist couch, and so I switched my hats. <laughs> go on ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please go Well, ahead. because some, some, some of us have, have learned um, that our value is only as good as what we bring to the table, what we can do for someone else. All these conversations about what do you bring to the table. That is laying the groundwork for a transactional relationship. And so if you associate your value as a person with what you can do for other people, then the only relationships that you are comfortable in are transactional ones. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, this is this is supposed to be a podcast for everybody else. This one ain't supposed to be for uh, This Jeez. is for whoever needs it. <laughs> Can we drop? Uh, actually, no, I don't want to drop spoilers to the book because somebody may be listening. I'm reading Will, the biography, Will Smith. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've heard good like things. Dead in the middle. It's fantastic, and especially mm. to me. I just There's so many things. Um, that that I connect to personally with him and his experience, but I don't want to drop because I know some people are like I'm gonna read it. it just dropped <laughs> a few months ago, but so I'm not gonna drop anything. But uh, if you're interested in that whole conversation, then that book will be it'll, it'll, you'll you'll love it. But anyway, when it comes to that exact thing and trying to perform in exchange for love, mm-hmm. it's so exhausting. Yep, because you're gonna perform, and number one, not only is there that great opportunity that you're not going to get any response from your performance? Mm -hmm. But even when you do perform and you get love or applause or approval or whatever it is you're looking for from that performance, you still have to, at the end of the day, sit with the thought of they don't love you for you. Hmm. They may Mm -hmm. not love you. And of course that's not a definite, but it's like they, they still may not love you for you. Meaning that if you stop performing, they may not be around. And so it's like, yeah. even if they are around, it's like, you still have to ask yourself, why are you here? Because <laughs> I, I know I was looking for love, but I know you're here for the performance or for what I can do. And so yeah. I'm trying to navigate that. It's just like. <sighs> if th- there's this, this conversation that we stumbled upon, <laughs> is <laughs> there, there's, there's a whole lot and there are a lot of just so many different elements that kind of go into the types of relationships that we have. And, um, you know, kind of if, if we have these people pleasing tendencies, then what we don't realize about ourselves is that we also have difficulty with vulnerability. Um, we have a hard time letting people see us outside of what we can do for them because we don't know how to see ourselves outside of what we can do for other people. So, our our definition and understanding of you know somebody loving us for us is not one that is is easy to grasp if this is how you move through relationships so there's there's a lot of work there about no but besides all of that you know um like i i had i had a therapist ask me ask me once like you know what are give me five things that you like about yourself and like three out of the five of them are about my uh what what i do for other people right like I'm a great listener. Um, I'm always, you know, I, I'm, I'm always willing to help. Uh, I'm, I'm super caring and compassionate. And, and she was like, well, okay, those are all about other people though, right? And so mm-hmm. are we defining ourselves based on what we do for other people? Um, and if we are, then that, that, then that question about, well, do they really love me for me is maybe not one that, that's going to be at the forefront of your mind because you define yourself by what you do for other people. And it's when you, when you can't, or when for yeah. for whatever reason you weren't able to do or show up for for other people or something, right? You yeah. are blaming yourself, and you feel horrible, you feel terrible, and that's when you start to to think that the relationship is not going to sustain because you weren't able to show up for them this one time. But then exactly. that that is like, well, if the relationship is that fragile that you feel like you're going to lose it because you weren't able to show up this one time, then that's a whole other conversation as well. So we have to be able to uh, to understand who we are outside of the context of what we can do for other people so that we can be comfortable showing up to relationships, you know, self first rather than wow. uh, obligation first or rather than you know, giving first or rather than all these other things, right? You show up as, as self first, because if usually if, if this is, you know, 
part of, of how you how you operate. Like you have all these wonderful qualities and you're so compassionate and you're so loving and you're so this and you're so that. So somebody's going to see that anyway and want to stick around. But if in all of your relationships, it's, it's only been about what you can do, then we got to do some work. We, we, we got to do, do some work so that you can show up as yourself and then be, be willing to accept that somebody can love you regardless of what you can do for them. And oh Lord, I'm really, I'm really, I'm so, I'm glad, glad, glad we're having this conversation because over the past several months, I'd say, yeah, maybe over the past year, I've been in that exact space personally. Mm, I've been in that mm-hmm. exact space. Is it trying to really ask myself? Cause I didn't know that it needed an answer, mm-hmm. but it is like, I really had to ask myself, who are you outside of what you do for everybody? Yes. You know, because I did, I had no idea. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, well, I just mm-hmm. have to answer that question. I'm these things. It's just like, no, I have no idea. I have no idea. And of course, and I say that because as we, you know, pin it to our relationship with God, it's like, I've been, I've been in, I've been doing things in some ministry capacity since I was maybe 13. Mm -hmm. And so it's been that. And the premise of doing ministry, not just in preaching, but in serving people from a spiritual Mm -hmm. perspective is that idea of self-sacrifice. It's like, now it's like you're to, to you, you're thinking now, or at least from our perspective, it's like now your value is only in your ability to do something for other people. Mm-hmm. And now, and, and, and before, you know, that sounds very, very noble. You know, you can mm-hmm. very easily interpret the Bible like that. But when now that I look at, you know, the character of Jesus more, when I mm-hmm. look at who he is, Jesus was not a people pleaser. No. In any way, shape, or form. Jesus did not, even though Jesus's ultimate purpose was to serve the world, mm-hmm. he didn't do it so that the world would be happy. <laughs> right, right. He, he wasn't doing it to please the world. Mm-hmm. He was looking for the pleasure of the father. And that was his relationship. But that was also his character in that mm-hmm. as he moved through the world, he knew who he was. Right. And since he knew who he was, he was then able to manage his relationships on earth. So that means he knew that the disciples were going to be there for him. But when the time came, they would be gone, mm-hmm. you know, and they wouldn't be there. That didn't deter him. He knew that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would hate him, but that didn't deter him. He knew mm-hmm. they would pursue his life, but that didn't deter him. There were people that, while they were shouting his name, he knew that those very people would turn on him. Right. And so him going through his ministry and his life with that perspective leads me to see, it's like, no, this wasn't about somebody sacrificing himself because he was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. He sacrificed himself because in his nature, he was mm-hmm. love and that love was reciprocated towards everybody else which means now that he doesn't need you to love him in return in order so, for him to be who he is yes yes and yes, that yes. just kind of changed the way i viewed my relationship with jesus because jesus was just like listen but like listen right here you can love me you cannot like me but mm-hmm. i'm going to do what i came here to do and if we have a relationship it's going to be a covenant that's going to be moved by a particular thing an event a behavior, a heart set, a mindset, and that's just the way it's going to be. So if you don't want the terms of that relationship, then you are not obligated to have this relationship. And so mm-hmm. I'm not going to bend just because you want something different. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that just kind of blew my mind when it came to trying to apply it to myself because I'm over here thinking I'm being sacrificial when I'm just being a people pleaser. Yeah, you know, yeah. can and you it's imagine hard to navigate that? How would the Bible be different if Jesus was a people pleaser? I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine how different <laughs> things would have been? The, the tables that he turned wouldn't have been turned. No, absolutely would not have. But, um, but I, I mean, you're, I, I love all of of what you just said. I mean, you can still, you can please people without being a people pleaser. You, you will please people yeah. if. You know, if you are when you know who you are and so you know how you how you how you show up and walk and navigate and all of that, people are going to be pleased. But that's not why you do it. And that's the that's the difference between being a people pleaser and being someone that people like or that someone that does things that people are pleased by. Like that's a um, kind of like a. I don't know. I can't find the word I'm looking for, but that like comes with it comes along with it sometimes. But but in general, I think like you have to have peace with self in order to have peace in relationships. Absolutely. So that is add that to your definition um, and and figure out how to do the work to have peace with self because that's how you're going to have peace in any of your relationships. Because if you don't have that peace with self, peace with God, then you're going to be hard pressed to I think 
to find um, a thoroughly peaceful relationship. Yeah, yeah. And and before we even venture off into another segue, because I feel like this is going to naturally uh, evolve into a part three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, and ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but for today, I, I want to kind of encapsulate it right there, just kind of close it off because mm-hmm. I feel like there's enough. I don't well, I don't know about y'all. Y'all maybe want more, but that's enough for me to think about. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, go spinning. on and reflect my, my on this. Spinning, yeah. Um, go and, journal and, after know, this. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, in the coming weeks, we'll we'll flesh it out adequately and, and mm-hmm. in a way that connects with everybody. But um, in just talking about, you know, the responsibility that we have, uh, as as Camille brought up, uh, to um, to our relationships, uh, our responsibility to God, um, one of those things, like the foundation, I believe, of that responsibility, is actually ironically being in touch with yourself Mm -hmm. so that whatever relationship you pursue will not be in pursuit of peace Mm -hmm. but it will result in peace because you are dealing with two peaceful individuals or entities Mm -hmm. and of course differently when it comes to our relationship with God because you know on a spiritual level he is our peace you know, there's there's there is no peace outside of him. Right. And so when we look to God for peace, I believe it's different. But at the same time, what kind of peace or our expectations of peace will dictate exactly how healthy that relationship is? Uh, because peace, when it comes to God, isn't something that we're trying to create. It's not something that we're trying to bring out or 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 or, um, or produce from the relationship. It's that the relationship that we have with God now is founded on peace. And so now we can believe in our heart, in our soul, and in our mind that we have peace. And so now we can work on things like my attitude. You know, I can mm-hmm. work on things like my heart. I can work on things like my my uh, my immorality, all the things that God is trying to do within me and all the things that he's trying to bring out of me. And I believe that at the end of the day, that's the that's the beauty of relationships in, in general is that they make you into something that you never could have been by yourself. Yeah. Not that you're trying to make them a whole person, but you're trying to look for um, what what these two entities can become as they become one in terms of, you know, being in a relationship uh, mm-hmm. on any level. And so those are my final thoughts, though. But um, of course, as scattered as they are, I want to, of course, thank Camille for help, helping me navigate the abstract thoughts that I had today. Uh, so I appreciate you for that. And so um, Camille, you got any other, any final thoughts, any? Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm really glad that, that we are having this conversation um, because everybody has relationships. So in some way, I think that this, everybody can, can get something from it. Um, but I, I think I, my, my last thoughts are, you know, before you, look at your relationships, really be willing to take a look at yourself um, and, you know, give yourself grace when you see what you see. Because sometimes when we do some of that internal work, we're not happy with what we see. And when we take the time to be honest about what we have going on and what we're bringing, then we just, we become really critical of of self. So, um, you know, approach your relationship with with yourself with compassion and approach your relationships with others with with compassion i think i think that's it hey yeah much appreciated and i (laughs) thank you so much again for uh for 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 that level for the level of contribution that you always give to the dialogue and the conversation um so as we continue in the weeks to come of course we're going to try to feel it out um we don't like to be too 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 structured um but we do want to be sure that we're addressing everything that's brought up to the best of our ability and that we really just are honest about the expression that we give in this conversation so um we thank you guys again for joining in the conversation and we look forward to more interaction and more dialogue around this subject matter not just the piece as uh, individual subject but how it applies to every other other aspect of life so um again guys thank you so much for listening and uh if you don't mind as we close let's go to god in a word of prayer uh let's together pray 
Our Lord and our God, we thank you so much again for blessing us with the opportunity to have this conversation for this dialogue. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for our relationships, Father. And we're asking that in this moment that you help us to navigate the relationships that we have, especially and primarily our relationship with you. Uh, Father, as we are, are just trying to be honest, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to understand a little more clearly how we can be closer and be more intimate and be deeper with you, Father, as well as with the other people in our lives, having healthy relationships that will nurture, that we can nurture and that we can uh, grow in and flourish in, Father. So uh, we know that you you grant prayers and we're asking that you grant this one for us as well. So Lord, we ask that you keep us, that you bless us, that you lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So again, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. Um, And Camille, thank you again, always for being a a phenomenal co-host. Thank you. uh, As we welcome, very welcome. Um, (laughs) So as we close today, um, may God bless you guys. May God keep you. Uh, Camille, you got anything else? Nope. Take care. We'll see y'all soon. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you, guys.